Well, Merry Christmas. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Gary, Carrie, everyone. This is, uh, this is so many people. I'm so glad that Dennis went through the list because I have the list written down here, but uh, so many people make this happen, uh, happen, and thank you all so very much. You know, Christmas is hard work. You notice that? Christmas is hard work. I told Gary Townsend one time I was up on the rooftop, and Jan will get tired, gets tired of this joke, but... Uh, um, I was putting Christmas lights up, and I was grousing to myself a little bit, and I thought to myself, you know, if I jump off of here, the next husband will have to tear these down. <laughs> Christmas is hard work. Christmas is stressful. We pack way too much into very small windows, a tight space. And not only is it stressful and hard work, it's expensive. Anybody notice that? Christmas is expensive. Christmas and gift-giving has become a huge tradition for us, and it's part of our culture. But God doesn't command it necessarily. Does anybody know why we give gifts? Love? Because he gave us a gift? Great, both of them. The wise men, sure. The wise men, that's why we give gifts, because the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. Um, they didn't necessarily bring them to the manger. If you read that particular passage, he was toddling around by the time they came, but uh, um, they, they brought gifts. Is it worth it? Is Christmas and all that we put into Christmas worth it? Is it worth the struggle and the trouble and the stress and the strife and the running around and, and all of these different things? Is it worth it? True. For Christmas 2019, experts suggest that the average American will spend $920 on Christmas gifts. So if there are two of you, you're going to spend $1,840 on Christmas gifts. Think about that. That's up about $50 a person over 2018. It's a lot of money. A lot of people stress on a lot of people's budgets. For those of us who are Christ's followers... If we are going to spend the effort and the time and the stress and the money, it seems that we should do so with a purpose and not just follow tradition. We should slow down long enough to figure out why it is that we do what we do and why it is that we spend what we spend and get some joy out of that. I had the real blessing on Friday of going with Wes Wheeler to Kiwanis Club, where every year on the Friday before Christmas, Brother Ed gives a Christmas devotional. And it's, I've seen him preach in a bunch of different settings. This was probably the greatest devotional, certainly, if the message. Wes, would you agree with that, that I've ever seen him give? When he stands up at the pulpit here or stands up at a pulpit where he is interim preacher and somebody walks in, their attendance gives him what? Permission to lay it on him. When you are in a setting like this where there are Jews and there are atheists and there are uh, uh, fallen away believers and so on and so forth, it's a different story. God has gifted that man in such an incredible way to connect to people. And he took an, uh, an older message that I've heard him give before, and it is basically, are you a follower or are you a fan of Jesus Christ? Are you a true follower or are you a fanboy? Do you show up on Christmas and Easter and say that you're a Christian when it, if somebody asks you to write it down on a form, but you're not a follower 363 other days of the year? It was a message that connected. 
connected so incredibly well. It was a gift to those people. It was an emotional message, and it was fantastic, and it was dead on. But I ask you that question, and I ask myself that. Am I a fan or am I a follower? Is all of this worth it? Am I doing all of this to glorify the Lord and celebrate the birth of our Savior or just because it is something that is expected of us? Years ago, I received an old dog-eared book from one of our Sunday school members who's gone on to be with the Lord, Don Milhorn, and that book was written in 1962. It was written by a gal named Rachel Hartman, and it was called The Gifts of Christmas. And it was very well written for 1962. It was a great book. If you uh, happen to see one on a coffee table somewhere or at a garage sale or whatever, uh, grab a copy of that book. And she listed seven gifts that we as followers receive with the birth of the Savior. I have taken that concept and I have went completely different than she did and listed just three gifts that I think that the birth of our Lord Jesus Savior, the uh, Lord Jesus Christ, bring to us as followers and into our world. And the first one of those is love. We live in a world that is void of love a lot. People just don't like each other. With the stress of Christmas, it gets even worse. Horns honking, people flipping each other the bird. You've seen it, you know, you've been in traffic jams, you've seen things where people are rude at the grocery store and they'll, uh, they'll grab a cart, snatch the last cart. Uh, people uh, uh, go to a restaurant where people are on a wait and the, there's an older lady standing while there's some young punk with his uh, ear gauges in looking at his phone sitting in a chair. Rudeness. But Jesus came into this world to give us love. God's love. Christmas is a celebration of God making good on a promise that he had made years earlier, and that was that he was going to bring a Savior into the world who would be both God and man. God delivered on that promise in the form of Jesus Christ, born so many years ago in that manger. Yes, God brought love into our world. Do you know that the early believers, the early people, didn't even celebrate Christmas? They celebrated the resurrection, but it wasn't until the 4th century that they began to celebrate Christmas. And there was a Christmas celebration. We don't know the date. There was a Christmas celebration in the eastern part of the country and a Christmas celebration in the western part of the country. The east celebrated on December 25th. The, I'm sorry, the west celebrated on December 25th. The east celebrated on January 6th. And if you get out a calendar and you mark those days off, you will find that there are 12 days. And that's where the concept of the 12 days of Christmas comes, between those two celebrations. But God made a promise, and he kept it. Love keeps promises, and God is a God of love, and he gave us an amazing gift of love. In fact, if you read John 3.16, you probably know that. It says what? For God so the world that he gave his... That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have what? everlasting life life eternal God gave us the gift of love because for the love that he had for his creation we can have confidence that he understands what we're feeling what we're going through and experiencing as humans on earth because he came and walked among us on earth first John 4 7 says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God God gave us an incredible gift of love, 
It is our job to share that love with others in our world. Otherwise, I suspect maybe we're just a fan. If we are a true follower, we will love as he has first loved us. Gift number one, I think, is God's love that he brought into the world. Gift number two is the gift of light. Not a fan of darkness. have to tell you, I do not like darkness. How about you? Not a lot of good things happen in the darkness. John 8, 12 says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When Jesus came into this world, it was completely voluntary. And he came into a dark and messy space, knowing what he was stepping into. He came knowing the battles that he would face on earth as a human being, knowing that the week his life would end would be the most treacherous week in human history. For him and for mankind, ultimately. And he came to live and to die and to be resurrected in the greatest drama mankind has ever known. That week of his death is recognized every spring with Easter. And think about what he walked into for just a moment here. His eyes were wide open when he came to this earth. That's why he came. If this earth would have been churning along perfectly and we had not had the fail in the Garden of Eden, he wouldn't have needed to come. So the reason he came was due to all of this darkness. The Romans were corrupt, they were awful, they were morally, morally and spiritually and emotionally just void. Their sins were shamelessly committed right in the open. When you go back and you read history and you read biblical passages and you read things like Josephus, you will find that they were, their, their entertainment was to go to the Colosseum and watch innocent people just get killed. What kind of a society does that? What kind of a society makes uh, uh, entertainment out of innocent people being slaughtered? The local ruler in Jerusalem was stone-cold crazy. Herod was just nuts. I mean, he was, and, and he uh, passed that nonsense on to others around him. He was made king by the Roman Senate. That was kind of shoehorned in there. He was proclaimed the king of Judea. He was installed in his position by the Roman army. And he was heavy-handed, and once he was in power, one of the first things he did was he went to the 45 richest people, and he just seized their, power, uh, seized their property and killed them all. And then he, you know, you know what he does with the, 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 the sons. He was crazy, and Jesus walked into that. He wasn't even a Jew. He was an Edomite. He had been put, put in place. And Jesus comes into that particular setting in his world so dark, so heavy to bring his light into the world and to lighten it up. And aren't we glad that he has? Jesus is the light of the world. We need to recognize that as an amazing gift. Even when our hopes as human beings are dimmed, God's light still shines brightly. And if we slow down long enough when we are stressed and we are struggling and we are down on our luck and we look at God's light, we begin to feel his light. What a gift it is to us to be children of the light, to be able to go out into the dark world and share that light. And that's why at salvation we are not snatched up to heaven. Because we are light bearers. We are light keepers. We are keepers of the flame. We as children of the light of the world must light our darkened world. 
Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to share another song with you. Our little grandson, six years old, he came home from school singing this song the, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's, we know the song. You probably will recognize the song. It's just as a fantastic song. To see, hear him come home and sing this song it was just a real blessing uh, in our lives.
We are sitting in this room today because somebody took their candle out into the darkened world. The ministry of multiplication brought us here. So we have the gift of love. We have the gift of lights. Christmas means that God was willing to come into our dark place and to bring his light and the gift of salvation. And there's our best gift of all, folks. The gift of salvation. It's the greatest gift of all. Romans says, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is... And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Salvation is not something we earn. It is a gift that is given to us. We can 